Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hello, everyone. Happy 2020 to you. This is our very first live broadcast of Calvary Live in the new year. Welcome to 2020. I know that many people are encouraged to put 2019 behind them and looking forward to a fresh new slate ahead of them. Uh, Praise God for that. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. That's to get on the air. And then you can text me directly at 720-336-0897. And that's going to be the text line that's dedicated. Uh, I know that through the holidays, there's been a lot of rebroadcasts or what do they call it? They call it um, encore presentations. Uh, and so to, today, unless uh, you're hearing it sometime in the future, I know it's always kind of awkward. Uh, we're live right now. This is the first day uh, after the new year in 2020. And we are encouraged to, we are encouraged to be together, take your calls and questions. Uh, you want to talk about the new year. Um, I know that uh, there's going to be a lot of um, uh, 2020 vision messages because we got 2020 vision, you know, and it kind of fits with the year. Uh, we're going to spend the whole month of January ourselves here at Calvary Church. Uh, I do this normally, whether it's a couple studies or entire month. I, I'm going to do the entire month in our theme, and it fits really well with where we are verse by verse studying through the book of Hebrews. But I, our theme for 2020 uh, what God wants to accomplish. Last year, we really adopted love the past, live the future. Uh, this year, it the theme is into faith we go. And the theme is based off a song title that uh, God has given us. Pastor Ian, our worship pastor, introduced this song to me some time ago, but it really didn't hit home. You know how that goes where you know songs are, are kind of good and and uh, not just kind of good, but they're they're good, but they don't really resonate with you until at the right appointed time. Uh, well, this song really resonated me at an appointed time. Uh, it's written by a guy by the name of Pat Barrett. Uh, he wrote uh, the song he's probably most famous for is Chris Tomlin sings "A Good Good Father." And I was teaching at a worship conference in Southern California a couple months ago, and Pat Barrett. Uh, was there, and and I was very encouraged and personally edified and impressed by this brother, a young guy uh, committed to the Lord, loves Jesus, and is writing some phenomenal music. And so we adopted this this song uh, for our 20-year anniversary. Uh, Many of you realize and recognize that Calvary Church uh, formerly known as Calvary Aurora, formerly known as Calvary Chapel Aurora, although we still use all those names, uh, but we're Calvary Church Colorado uh, here in Aurora. And one of the reasons we're doing that is we have a heart to put uh, to open up campuses around Colorado again. 
Uh, and so instead of being uh, anchored down in our city, uh, Calvary Church is one, it's one of the reasons why we changed our name to Calvary Church. Uh, if the Lord gives us uh, the opportunity to open up campuses. But at any rate, uh, 20 years, uh, we are we just celebrated. December 26th, uh, 2019 is our 20-year anniversary. And, and so this song was the theme of our 20-year anniversary. And, and it kind of goes together exactly what, what, what we've been holding on to in the, in the sense of uh, love the past and live the future. So if you if you haven't already, I encourage you watch our twenty year anniversary. It'll be you know it, I know it's it's probably not the church you attend, but it's our church. Like it's the broader church. I always love celebrating with the churches in our city, celebrating with churches that hit milestones. Uh, like I just read today that Denver First Church in the Nazarene uh, has a brand new pastor that is starting his first Sunday is this Sunday. So I rejoice with them. I'm happy for them. Uh, I was good friends with Sean before he headed out, and now I'm. I know there was an interim guy there uh, for a while, and now I am excited as they get a new pastor and new freshness and a new direction, and and uh, praying for our friends up at Riverside Baptist. I know they're in between pastors right now, and just praying for God to do a work. So I like celebrating with other churches that love Jesus and are serving our city and doing great things in the name of Jesus. And uh, so rejoice with us. Um, I think God's. Glory is manifest in our church, and I think that the ceremony or the the service was amazing. The worship was amazing. The night was amazing. It was a full house worshiping and celebrating. Yes, even on a Wednesday night, uh, there was 1,200 people coming out to be excited about the things of God. Packed house in our sanctuary. I wish we had a bigger room, but we don't yet. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, no phone calls yet, but I know it's a little lighter. A lot of businesses are closed, and maybe you're listening online or you're listening in you know, your front room. This is the time. I have a feeling that uh, the lines are going to be open a little bit more than normal just because of the holidays. But this is our first episode of Calvary Live for 2020. And get to get online. Get, get on board. Give me a call. 303 six nine zero three thousand maybe we want to talk about resolutions um have you made any commitments for this coming year have you have you made any commitments uh to the lord and um what what is it that you have in store like what what's on your heart i know there are the popular ones i'm gonna read my bible in a year i'm gonna lose weight i'm gonna get healthy i'd love to hear what is what's motivating you like what um what decisions uh do you have you made? I want to hear them. That's a good thing to talk about. I'm sure we can encourage people with that. 303-690-3000 is the number. Okay, so while we're waiting for calls to come in, I did get a text message coming in. So let me read it to you. It says, Chris from Arizona, what's your take on new churches starting and going to congregants of established churches, fishing out men and women because they know them from previous interactions? Well, Chris, welcome. Glad you're listening from Arizona. Um, I'm, I, I'm going to speak to that on a couple of different levels, uh, because there's a couple different nuances on there. Uh, the first one, I'll just speak from personal experience. One of the reasons why we came to Colorado and not stayed and didn't stay in Southern California was I really firmly believe in what the scriptures teach 
and what Paul taught, where he said that he made it a point not to build on other men's foundations, that he made it a point to go uh, and um, and start a work evangelistically where there wasn't already a work. Now, of course, we have to keep that in context. Uh, Paul was not only church planting in an environment where there were no churches, but he was uh, an itinerant, so he would plant something and move on. And, and so his role is a little different than ours today. However, uh, the principle uh, is still the same. Uh, and that is, I, I don't believe it's wise to build on another man's foundation. Um, I, I very much believe in um, developing relationships, not with the people of, uh, not with the congregants as much as it is with the pastors, uh, because uh, to take away people just because you have a relationship with them to build a church. Or like one guy here in town, he likes to build a, on his. He likes to build his church on the disgruntled, and amazingly, people aren't really disgruntled until they start talking to him, and then and then through the conversation with them, all of a sudden they find everything wrong, which is a key component of this guy drawing people after himself. And and uh, I've spoken to him about it eye to eye and he just doesn't agree with me he thinks he this is okay to plant on another man's foundation and i disagree and uh, i think ultimately we'll see in the the span of time before the bema seat um which perspective is right but it's romans chapter 15 verse 20 where it says i've made it my aim to preach the gospel not where christ was named lest i build on another man's foundation romans chapter 15 verse 20. I like the uh, New Living Translation, um, which is I've been starting to use. I've been teaching Wednesday nights only using the NLT. Love, love, love it. It's been challenging, but I love it, and it's been very relatable. Listen to what it says. My ambition, uh, this is Romans fifteen twenty. my ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. <laughs> Uh, so I'm not a big fan of it. I think I think that uh, a guy that's sheep stealing is just that. Uh, he's sheep stealing. Okay, that's one side. The other side is we can't control where people go to church. So to try to control people because they want to go to another church is just not within the realm of what God has given us as sheep. Um, that's why I go directly to the pastor, have a meeting with him eye to eye. But even then, when the pastor says, forget you, I don't care what you say, Ed, I'm going to do whatever I want, and I'm going to steal sheep, and it doesn't matter what you say, well, then I just commend him to the Lord, and I go back to doing what God's called me to do, preach the gospel, disciple, build up the body of the, of Christ, uh, and generously support pastors that are doing a great work. But I, I think that you can't help but have friendships and relationships. And if a family believes that another pastor or another church is going to serve them better, then there's not much we can do about that. We should just encourage a family to follow the leading of the Lord and let them go and minister. So the question to me is all about the pastor and the relationship a pastor wants to have with other people. Uh, and 
I, I've made it an aim in my life. And, uh, if I find out someone comes to our church disgruntled, I send them right back to their church to resolve it. I am very careful not to speak down about their pastor. Um, even if I have details about that pastor that I would just say, hey, you know, I, I wouldn't send my family to that church rather than give them every single detail that I know about that pastor and just, hey, I, I'm not in fellowship with them. You know, I, and, and they go, well, well, why? And I've said, well, there's a good reason. And even as over the years, I've had to make, take strong stands uh, knowing, with information that I know, you know, some of those pastors, they disqualify themselves. They're not pastoring anymore, and their life will bear out fruit. I don't need to be negative about them. And then one more thing. Um, I have made a lot of relationships with pastors here at Calvary Aurora. Um, sometimes they start out here, and then they launch out to, to, um, to plant a church, and, and I just want to encourage them. And I, I want them to do what God has called them to do and let him, um, you know, let them sort it out. Let God sort it out. Uh, in their hearts. And, you know, to me, what's most important is relationships with pastors, because like if a guy comes and starts picking people off in our church, obviously we're going to stop it, or at least we're going to talk to him about it. But that guy's saying, I don't care about you. I don't care about our relationship. I don't care. I don't respect you. And, you know, you just got to, well, then I guess that, I guess that's the kind of relationship you want. So hopefully that helps. Um, It's not always negative, uh, and that's probably what I want. There is some super negativity about it, but it's not always negative. Um, I know that Calvary Church is not reaching everybody, so there needs that we need other churches. But you know, guys come in with pride and arrogance, and you know, not only do they want to, not only do they think they have a call, but we're going to do it better, and we're going to, we're going to, you know, whatever we're going to, whatever's on their minds. And I just didn't want Romans fifteen twenty is my 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 scripture that I fall on that and. And I was willing to live that out by faith and move a thousand miles away in order to see what God could do and not build on another man's foundation. And that, that would be my um that would be my heart on the matter. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh let's go to Natalie. Natalie's in Windsor, Colorado. Natalie, welcome to the program. Hey Natalie, you with us? Uh, that's a bummer. You dropped to Natalie, but you, um, you definitely had a great question. How do we identify false prophets? Um, first of all, what they say, uh, will, what they say will come to pass, will come to pass. Number two, what they say will line up with the scriptures and not their own opinion or misquotes or misinterpretations. Uh, they will have a holy, righteous life that backs up, so their deeds will match their actions, and they'll they'll have a a sense of approval of God of the calling upon their lives. They won't be manipulators. Uh, they won't be freeloaders. I know some guys. Uh, they have uh, they have a position uh, within a church, or they, you know, they have a church so that they basically don't have to get a job. Uh, and they can stay home with their kids all the time, and they can stay home and homeschool, and they don't really even have, they're not really doing the work of the ministry except to teach a Bible study on Sunday and have a little club that pays their salary. Um, so there's a lot, you know, there's people that want to, we are a prophet of God. You know, there's no no sen- no such thing as a, as a prophet of God in the Old Testament sense anymore. Nobody speaks in that way. Anyone that speaks forth prophecy is speaking forth the word of God that's already been written. Uh, but 
you know, there's there's some some obvious things um, that you want to look for. Number one, what does a person say about Jesus? What does a person, number two, say about the gospel? What is a person's life, the mannerisms of her life? You know, a guy's in the pulpit, but he's uh, beating up his family, beating his wife and his kids at home. Uh, I would say that's a false teacher and a false prophet. Or, you know, there are people that say, oh, I follow God, but then they're gossips and liars behind the scenes. Uh, so, you know, the, the what do they say about Jesus? What gospel do they preach? Because there are other gospels, you know, do they preach the true gospel? And what is the character of their life? That's the key. That's probably the most important part after teaching is what is their character? What is their character? And how important it is that we learn to live above reproach. 303-690-3000 is the number. Line two is Dora in Aurora, Colorado. Dora, welcome to the program. Hey, Dora, are you with us? Oh, no. Dora dropped too. Uh, she has a prayer request for her and her family and their role in church and ministry. And can you recommend good Bibles or devotionals? Dora, call back. I'd like to, rather than trying to stab at this in the dark, call me back. I'd love to answer those questions in particular. All right. We have a female calling in from Denver. She would rather us not use her name. So welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Um, You're welcome. I was calling because I couldn't find my daughter, and it's been uh, since yesterday. And I just said a quick prayer as he hung up, and I just asked the Lord, please just let me hear from her immediately. And she texted me back. And um, I just want prayer for her because she's not walking the right path again. And... um, She's let the world take over again. Okay. And, uh, so I worry a lot. I have anxiety a lot because of it. And well, let's pray. Just, yes. Lord, I pray for my sister as she has a heart, a deep heart for her daughter. And, you know, I, it's, it's a challenge uh, as our kids are growing up, Lord, to see them make decisions that are hurtful and harmful. And so we just pray, God, by your Holy Spirit, you would grab a heart of this young woman yes, and just grab her heart, God, and bring her into a place of deep dependence and commitment to you. Fill, fill her with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and, and make, this, um, make this season of her life like unsatisfying. Yes. Like, let it be dissatisfying for her. Let, it be, let, let there be a miserableness about it uh, that that she just isn't satisfied living for the world. And use that, Lord, to draw her closer to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. And I know around the holidays, a lot of parents have the same heart for their kids. And um, it is certainly challenging uh, as kids are, you know, more and more challenged by the things of this world challenged by what's available in the world and and just needing to press in deeper and harder um not not to mess around with the world it it will destroy you the world the culture there is a way that seems right to a man but the end thereof is death and we just looked at this for those of you looking at a bible study 
uh, that would would speak to walking in the things of the Lord. Um, we just had this Bible study last weekend focusing on the man named Enoch, E-N-O-C-H, Enoch. And what he was remembered for is that he walked with God. He exercised his faith by walking with God. And I encourage you, get our app uh, and turn on notifications. We use notifications at least once a day, sometimes twice a day. Uh, we're not, we don't overdo it. Uh, but we we try to connect with you and remind you of something encouraging, something on my heart. I put those in all myself um, and and just want to encourage you in the things of the Lord. So go to your app store, search Ed Taylor, and you'll see our church app and our radio app. Download them both and take them with you on the go. All right, Dora's back from Aurora, Colorado. Dora, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. What's up? Um, I was just calling because I wanted to put in a prayer request for my family and I. Um, we had a pretty okay. rough 2019 and uh, just a lot going on, family illnesses yeah. and things like that. So prayer request mm. for us, okay. uh, some restoration, things like that taking place. And um, also, I wanted to know if you could pray for us for our role in ministry in our church. And okay. if you could recommend a good couple's devotional or couple's uh, Bible. Okay, that's good. Uh, those are those are good. So a couple's devotional. Let's see here. First of all, I think that your desire to press into the things of the Lord will be honored. Uh, and Thank you. I know that I know that sometimes we just want to, you know, we want to give up and. And that's not the way, you know, that, that's not God's heart for us. He doesn't want us to give up. Uh, he wants us to grow in grace and to face the things um, that are right before us. So let me give you a couple options. First of all, there's a, a great devotional by Dr. James Dobson called Night Light. Night Light. There's another one by Tim Keller called The Meaning of Marriage. And even though it's not a devotional, I think it would be a great um I think it would be a great add to your to your time. And you guys can use it as a devotional, right? You can just use it a page or two at a time. It doesn't have to be all okay. set up and it's called Married and How to Stay That Way. Married and How to Stay That Way, and the author of that one is Steve Carr, C-A-R-R. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff out there. I think if you guys just decide to read the Bible and pray every day, that God's going to honor that. And, you know, whether you, um, uh, whether you guys follow through on a devotional or... Uh, because a devotional is kind of like a bite-sized bite nuggets for the day. Um, yeah, I would encourage you too. if you guys have the, do you have the Bible app on your phone, the version Bible app? No, we don't. Okay. So that's free. So go to your, uh, okay. your app store and just put in version Y O U V E R S I O N. version okay. That's a, and there are like hundreds of free devotionals that are on their app. Okay. That sounds great. And you know, this just that commitment to press in, to come together, to protect this time in your marriage, um, God will honor. Thank you. Thank you so much for that encouragement. 
a neat thing that I've been doing, it's kind of hard um, because we're so used to doing it, do, reading the Bible a certain way. Um, but one thing that I picked up recently, and you can do this. This is free on the version as well. Um, it's, it's a chronological daily reading plan in the Bible. And, and, it, and so what it does is it takes the Bible and reorganizes it chronologically. Okay. And, and so, you know, it's, of course it's going to start in Genesis, but I forget where, uh, like Job kind of shows up somewhere earlier than it is in, in the Bible, the way it's organized, because the authors wanted to see, this is the timeline from the beginning of time to the end of Revelation. These are how the books fit chronologically. And I have to say, it's a little challenging, but it's, it's really, it, I like the challenge because it breaks up the habit of, oh, you know, same thing every day kind of kind of thing and so i know that that okay, that's a kind of you. a cool way all right okay, so thanks. let me pray as that's really up. helpful good so father i'm praying for dora right now and uh, it's been a hard 2019 and and i'm certain that that's a theme in many people's lives on uh, that 2019 we're just glad it's over um and there was a lot of good because you're faithful and you remain faithful but there were a lot of challenges and so I'm asking you, God, to be with Dora in her marriage, in her relationship with you, for her family. I pray you give her vision of how you want to use her gifts and talents, how you desire, Lord, to um, manifest your fruit through their lives, and that, God, they would not grow weary in well-doing, but in due season, they would, in due season, they would reap if they don't lose heart. And so I just pray for that perseverance and that endurance that's needed to move forward in following you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Okay, Dora. God bless you. Happy New Year. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. That's a great question. What does God want for me for 2020? Um, I'm I'm getting a sense in my own life uh, that First of all, uh, I get to declare outwardly and openly uh, on the authority of God that I'm probably the strongest in 2020 that I've been since my son passed away. Uh, And I'm very encouraged by that. I know there's a lot of warfare that will come with that, a lot of drama. There's still drama, um, but, you know, the the Lord is good. It gets you through the difficult times. You can stand. You know, I I was just, I just just shared this with the church. Uh, How many times... How many times Paul talks about standing in um, in Ephesians when he's talking about the whole armor of God? He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. And he goes on to, to talk about the, 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 um, the armor. And so I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. Does everything is everything going the way I'd like it to? No. Um, is there a lot of difficulty and drama around my? Yes. Is there slanders and gossips and liars and yes? But God is greater than all of that. He is faithful. He is reliable. He is strong. He is worthy of our praise and our worship. 
He will get us through the worst of times. He will give us his endurance, his power, the hupomone of God, the ability to bear up under and to stand strong and to withstand and to stand and to be able to stand. And that is what 2020 uh, is opening up in my life. Do I expect to to cease warfare? Yes. Do I expect to see things ramped up in the in the spiritual realm? Yes. Do I expect to see drama and difficulty? Yes, 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 yes. But I expect to see Jesus high and lifted up, greater than the adversary, who always leads me in triumph, who stands there on my behalf as I'm hidden in him, that they have to go through Jesus before they get to me. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome to 2020 on Calvary Live. A couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. We are Calvary Live, which originates right here at Grace FM at Calvary Church in the Grace FM studios. We're grateful to be a part of your life. Grace FM is a radio station network that covers 80% of Colorado's population. And we also heard on Hope FM, and we're also heard on Truth FM, And we're also heard on quite a few low-power FM stations around the country. We're also heard around the world on the Grace FM app and gracefm.com. So join in and tell somebody about this show. It's, It's less of a Bible answer man show and more of a pastoral care show. Of course, we answer questions and we're going to open the Bible together for sure. But the emphasis is not so much on on delivering the right answer, but rather uh, accessing the heart of God and what's his intent through the answers that he's given to us. And so we we have this five days a week. I, I host it twice, and we have Pastor Nick Cady and Pastor Jeff Figs, who also host, and then we have some other guys that fill in from time to time when we're on vacation or traveling. So I am so blessed and encouraged to have you a part of our family, uh, to minister to you, and to uh, serve you. So thank you, and tell a friend. 303-690-3000. We've got a call from James in Aurora, Colorado. James, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Great. What can I do for you? Um, I was, I got a question in, um, it's about, uh, either pre-trib or post-trib. <laughs> okay. Okay. In Mark chapter 13, it says that there's going to be a tribulation written of, or, uh, there's a tribulation that's even greater than the one written of in Daniel. And it says that after that tribulation, then you shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of power and glory. Where are you and meeting exactly? Mark what? Mark chapter 13. I think uh, okay. I think that verse that I just said is verse 25. It starts around 19. Okay. 
But in those days after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give its light, the stars in the heaven will fall. Um, where does it say it'll be greater than Daniel's? Where is that distinction? It, I don't. It says that it's that, greater than is written of in Daniel. I think it's in verse nineteen, or I don't have my 19. Bible here with me. Okay, wait a minute. For those days, down. tribulation. That that's the only thing that you said that doesn't ring a bell in my mind. Um, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing where it ought not, let those who are in Judea. I mean, the reason I ask that question is because the Great Tribulation spoken of in Daniel the Prophet is the same Great Tribulation period spoken of in Revelation. Like, there's not right. a greater one than Daniel. Mm -hmm. So that's why okay. that distinction that you made, uh, the, to me, they're the same. To me, and I believe biblically, they're the same Tribulation. Uh -huh. Okay, that, that's what I think, too. Okay, but it, <clears throat> it distinctly says that after the Tribulation, then you shall see the Son of Man coming with power and glory— I, uh -huh. And in Revelations, it says to pray that God would shorten the days for the sake of the elect. And that's the only scripture sure. that I can find that speaks, that would even give you an idea that Christ would take the church before the tribulation. I'm searching well, there's the a, there's a lot to of, find that. There's a lot of different passages that kind of uh -huh. develop, you know, on this discussion. I think that, the re, I, I think that when we're talking about... Um, we're talking about the rapture of the church or the mm -hmm. second coming of the church that we start with what we agree on and what we agree on is that Jesus Christ promised to return and that he is going to return uh, and mm -hmm. that we are to look for the blessed hope, the soon return of Jesus Christ. The timing of what, what gets, what, what gets people, um, what what ma what garners the most disagreement and arguing is the timing and and as you're reading the scripture you know one of the one of the passages that jumps out at me when i think of uh the coming of the lord and especially the rapture of the church is in luke chapter 21 verse 34 he he's looking at his disciples and he says take heed to yourselves lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and the cares of this life, that the day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, he says, and pray always that you may be counted to escape all these things that will come to pass to stand before the Son of Man. And so the in the context of the day, the day of judgment, uh, the day, the the day of the second coming, and everything that precludes that, Jesus is telling them, you know, there's going to be a group that is going to be counted worthy to escape these things. So some people are going to escape the great tribulation period, uh, and I don't believe it's just by death. I don't believe because some people would come and say, well, of course, you know, people that aren't alive during that time won't. I believe that through the a careful reading of scripture that there is a promise made to believers. There's a distinction made on the earth between believers in Messiah and those that don't believe in Messiah. And because of that distinction, there is uh, f there are benefits to believers that will not be experienced by unbelievers. And, you know, when you fast forward to Revelation chapter 3, there's a promise in verse 7 to the faithful church that they will be kept from that hour of trial. Uh, and, and so there's a promise that there's a group of people that won't go through this hour of trial. 
uh, that That's won't Revelation go through. Revelation 3, verse 7, you said? Yeah, 7 through 10. Okay. Right, okay. And and so, the, you know, the doctrine of the rapture is a is is actually a, a, a doctrine that's supported thoroughly throughout the scriptures. And after the call here, I can send you my notes and you can look all these things up yourself and well, and begin to, to develop, you know, your own understanding of it. Because I, I think that there is much to be said for us to look for the coming of the Lord and to not look for the coming of the Antichrist, right? Because the Antichrist right. is going to be coming out during the great the seven years, and if there isn't some distinction between the church uh, and, you know, the seven years of great tribulation period is not just a time of judgment. It's also a time of fulfilled promises, because it's not just known as the great tribulation period. It's also known as the time of Jacob's trouble. And as we, on our Wednesday night Bible studies, are going to be in Daniel chapter 9 soon enough, we'll look at that in depth about the 70th week of Daniel, or Jacob's trouble, where the finality of promises made to the nation of Israel, which is who the elect are that Jesus is referring to in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, um, that as you see them unfold, you'll... You may or may not be more convinced by the scriptures, but I'm convinced by it, uh, and I, I have some pretty strong um, resources that I can send you that can help you in your studies. Great. I appreciate that. I thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You said that Do you have my Luke, email address? Uh, that, that one, uh, you said it was Luke... Um... 21, verses 34 through 36. Okay, Luke 21. All right. Thank you so much, Pastor. Do you have my email address? Do you want it? Um, sure. Okay, it's ed at edtaylor.org. Ed at edtaylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R.org. Awesome. And just remind me, it's on the the rapture, and and I'll send you, I have them all prepared for people that want them. Okay, ed at edtaylor.org. Correct. All right. Thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you, man. God bless you. God bless Bye-bye. And I love talking about these things, you know, because uh, even if we don't agree, even if, you know, there are debates and deliberations, um, your view is pre, mid, post, pre-wrath. There's so many different views. Um, This is a good, that was a good uh, question to highlight why we do the show. You know, we're going to give the answer. I'm going to give what I believe biblically supports the view that I hold you don't have to agree with it, um, but we also don't have to argue about it. And uh, we can grow in the grace of knowledge of Jesus Christ, knowing that he's returning. And I believe he's returning soon. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Where are we? We are on line one, Platteville. I think that's maybe Colorado. Tom, welcome yeah. to the program. Yeah, Platteville. It's about halfway between Denver and Greeley. Okay, right on, Tom. What's up? Hey, uh, I was wondering, we know that it's 2,000 years since uh, Christ was born. How many years is it from the Garden of Eden up into the time that Christ was born? Well, the the, the chronology that people use is the given genealogies that are in the Scriptures, 
And so with the genealogies that are provided, you're looking at probably 4,000 to 4,500 years until the coming of Christ, and then another 2,000. So we're looking at 6,000 to 6,500 years. But they use the genealogies that are given to us from the beginning of Adam all the way into the first century. Okay. So 4,000, 4,500, thereabouts. Somewhere in that. You know who does a great job of this? Ken Ham. Uh, and if you go to his website, answersingenesis.org, answersingenesis.org, um, there's some really good articles up on his website on the chronology of the time between Adam and today. Uh, Answersingenesis.org. Yes, .org. Okay, that'll work. Perfect. Thanks, t- th- oh. thanks, Tom. You bet. Thank you. God bless you, man. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> 303-690-3000. Oh, we got open lines. This is the first show of 2020. Grateful that you have joined us. Uh, here's a text question. Is it biblical for someone to pray in tongues in a group setting and interpret themselves? The answer is yes. That is a biblical, um, that is a an acceptable, uh, excuse me, an acceptable form of the interpretation of tongues and I'll show you in the scriptures. Let me get there real quick here. Uh, in First Corinthians, I want to say 15. Uh, let me see. I think that's the resurrection scripture. So let me go to 14. Um, uh, <clears throat> it says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, this is in a corporate setting. If anyone speaks in a tongue, uh, this is verse 27, 1 Corinthians 14, that there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, let the others judge, if anything's revealed. Oh, that's not what I was looking for, although... Um, there is a passage that specifically says that the person that's speaking tongues can pray that they interpret. One of the things we like to do is we like to identify anybody that has the gift of interpretation in the group. And if anyone exercises the gift of tongues, there's two or three, and then we move on to other gifts in our believer meetings. Um, but uh, the spirit of the prophets, God's not the author of confusion. Pray, interpret. Uh, oh, I gotta. I'm trying a new. Um, I'm trying to use. Yeah, it's right here. First Corinthians fourteen thirteen. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So, yes, it is possible for a person to pray uh, that's exercising the gift to interpret. But it's in a corporate setting, only two or three at the most, and then it moves on. And remember, the interpretation of a tongue will always be a praise to God. It will not be, thus saith the Lord. That is not tongues. Tongues is a spiritual language that is exercised from a believer to God. It's a spirit-to-spirit communication. And if, there is, if it is in a public setting, then the interpretation is so that everybody can be edified, not just the person that exercised the gift. 1 Corinthians 14. All right, we're going to go on to line two is Rhonda in Westminster, Colorado. Rhonda, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you. 
You're welcome. Um, so my, I, I'm not sure how what exactly my question is, but the situation okay. is I um, just started seeing a therapist who is an ex chaplain. I was really okay. excited when she said that, thinking, oh, yay, she's a Christian, and I said that, uh-huh. and she um, clarified that she has been chaplain in many different faiths. Okay. So that being said, that kind of scares me. I, I don't want to take spiritual advice, which are mixed-up advice. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the way that you just described it to me, I would quickly say find another therapist. Okay. I agree because... with you. I would not I would not want someone mixing the kind of counsel that they give, especially when you mm-hmm. speak of therapist, you you're speaking of a much deeper level of help that you're asking for. And right, right. For 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 her to correct you uh was actually a gift from God. And now you okay. know, I'm, I'm a chaplain to all kinds of faiths. Well, yeah, I mean, if it's a free, if there's a, if if there's something where you can get deeper information on her, like, okay, are you going to use the Bible with me? Is that the only source of wisdom that you're going to use, or are you going to mix in Buddhism and Quran? I don't need any of that nonsense. My life's yeah, already exactly. jacked up the way it is. And when she said, um, yeah, when she did mention that she she has has been chaplain to people who had those different faiths, she didn't clarify what. And my, she didn't clarify what her faith was, but even if she had, if her faith is Christian, why would she, why would she um, give advice on any, representing well, any other faith? I think that maybe a phone call of clarification might help you, because let's say this, okay. I'm a pastor, but I'm a pastor to all kinds of religions. Mm-hmm. I could say, I, and what I mean by that is that I am who I am by the grace of God. But it doesn't matter uh-huh. where you're coming from, what your belief system is. I'm going to serve you, but I'm going to serve you in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know if that's what she meant. Right. If that's, that's what she yeah, meant. And, right. And that's the part that's I'm making that. me kind of nervous about seeing her. Because you're right. She is get it, it is really deep into, you know, situations. Yes. And so if, so, she, if what she meant was, I'm a, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, and, and in my chaplain care, I care for people from all different walks of life, but, but mm-hmm. the sole source of my, my help is the Holy Spirit dwelling in me using the Word of God, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think you should settle for anything less, because you'll just, you're already hurting okay. to begin with. Um, right, right, you, right. You don't, you don't okay. need to be more. You don't need more confusion brought into your life. You need the truth okay. that penetrates directly to the hurt that's in your life. Okay, and I'll just come out and ask her then in my next session. I think so. I think you should. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Sally in Aurora, Colorado. Sally on line three. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you. Um, I have a daughter who is saved, but okay. she has been involved in yoga for years. Okay. Um, I've witnessed a struggle in her, and I firmly believe it's because of her involvement in yoga. Um, I've okay. talked to her about it, and she's told me she doesn't see anything wrong with it. Um, she said that she says prayers when she's participating and um 
and and, we'll, and yeah, she will say prayers to God. She doesn't do any of the chanting, but I really believe putting that aside. You know, these poses are were created in witness or or in praise for the Hindu gods. Yes, and uh, I've prayed so much for her, and she refuses to give it up. She thinks it's the best exercise she's ever done, and she wants to teach it. And so I just wanted to get your take on, you know, is yoga really what I think it is? (laughs) Well, yoga has its roots in Hinduism for sure. There's a philosophy behind yoga. Uh, I personally do not subscribe to anything called Christian yoga. Um, there's Christian stretching and there's there, there, there is stretching and exercise that can be done unto the Lord and there's stretching and exercise that it's rooted in something that we shouldn't be a part of. And I think yoga uh, is more than just good stretching and exercise. It's an ancient practice that comes to us from Hindu and the whole goal, yoga means union. That's what the word means. And the whole goal is to unite one's temporary self with the infinite Brahman or the Hindu concept of God's little g. Um, Not necessarily a literal God, but the impersonal spiritual substance that one is that one is is that a person is one with nature and the cosmos. And there's a word for that. It's called pantheism. Uh, And I just encourage men and women to find health and strength, not just what's popular culturally, but there's a lot of alternatives to yoga that will minister to a person without drawing them into the roots that are clearly antithetical to the teachings of Christ. And just where I've had such a struggle even getting through to her, I'm, I just don't know what to do. Well, there's not much you can do. It sounds like she's an adult making up her own mind and you know that you you've said your piece and you've given your direction and now we're we're going to look to build our relationship on other areas because when she's ready for further counsel you still want to be a source you know i think we have to agree to disagree on this with our daughter and still stay available to her when she needs help on other areas because you want to be a trustworthy resource in her life and i think you've made it clear that you disagree with her and if she wants, yeah. if she brings it up, we then we can talk about it. You know, I think it depends on your relationship with her of how how much more you'll be able to communicate with her. You know, on this because the reality is is that she knows the root. She knows, and she just chooses not to. She likes she likes the um, the exercise part of it. So. You know, a lot of we can pray doing a lot of bad things. I could rob a bank and still pray to God. I mean, it doesn't mean God <laughs> hears me, but I can I can do a lot of things that are not good and say I pray and say I like. You know, I can do a lot of things that would not honor God, but I can make it sound like they honor God. And it sounds like that's where your daughter is. I mean, there's no question on the, the roots of yoga. There's just no question. I don't, I, there's no debate on that. Otherwise, they wouldn't call it yoga. Yeah, yeah. I know even one time I I just felt like I, I really saw darkness in her. And this happened when I was talking to her about the rapture, and which she believes in the rapture. But just this one time, probably a year ago, she just wasn't having it. 
and was, you know, just coming back against me with what I was trying to, to say to her and encourage her. And I, I really felt, I, I saw it dark in her yeah. eyes. And that really, mm-hmm. really concerned me and scared me just yeah. to, to see that. Um, and, and that's something that I think about a lot. You know, I'm like, I know that you can't be inhabited by another spirit when you have the Holy Spirit. And so I was really kind of uh, a little confused, too, with what I did see. Well, you know, I think that she needs her mom in her life. And, and I know that this is an area of disagreement, but you're, you're going to have to wisely step into her life when you believe the Lord's wanting you to, step out of her life when you believe the Lord says it's okay to do that, and continue to love on her in other areas uh, so that she continues to trust you and love you because, you know, I don't think yoga is what you're describing. And I don't know your daughter from anyone, but what you're describing, I don't think yoga is her biggest issue. It's only a symptom. Her biggest issue is creating a God in her own image so that when she's confronted with a a truth of the Bible or she's confronted with a truth of what she's involved in, that her answer isn't, well, I'm not going to change because it's the best exercise I've ever had. That's no good reason for decisions to be made. We want to make decisions that honor God. And certainly God can provide exercise means that aren't rooted in Hinduism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, could, so, you, could you pray for her? Sure, sure. Let's do that. Father, I pray for this dear sister, this dear daughter uh, that that is in a place where, well, you know, I don't know her, Lord. I don't know how her mind's thinking, but I hear her answers. And, and I pray you would help her to abide in you that there would be a place of abiding. And I know people are listening in and they're probably screaming at the radio, I do yoga too, and and what's wrong with it? And and I just pray that through this conversation that they would consider the roots of yoga, they would consider the roots of their own life, and to see if those roots are both down deep into the vine of Christ. You know, we we as we abide in you, Lord, you sort out things for us that we don't need a radio show to tell us. We We don't even need mom to tell us. We have the indwelling of the Spirit inside of us that will lead and guide us in making these decisions. So I pray for this young lady. I pray that you would grab a hold of her, Lord, and minister to the depths of her heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, we're coming up to the end of the show today. Let's see... Uh, I think that's it. No callers. What a great first show of the year. So grateful. Here's somebody that texts me. She said, uh, or he said, don't know he or she, God has laid on my heart to pray before every meal, before anything that enters my mouth, thanking him first. Where can What can come from this? Um, verses or thoughts? Yes, yes, yes. Check this out. This is very much minimized in our lives, but it shouldn't be. Uh, and... I take it literally, and I I wouldn't say that I'm always uh, obeying it literally, but I take it literally. But the Bible says to be anxious for nothing, but in all things, listen, I see, I read it so fast I didn't even emphasize it right. This is Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. In the New Living Translation, it says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Ooh, I like that one. Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. (laughs) And so, yes, do it. 
pray about everything. And, and, and he says, not only that, but it says, um, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done, the New Living Translation. So that's such a cool verse uh, in the New Living Translation that I'm going to post it on my social media. Uh, I think people need to hear that. So the fact that you made a decision to thank God before you put something into your mouth is a great idea. Do it as unto the Lord. All right, let's see. Good evening, Pastor Ed. Happy New Year. What are your thoughts on modern deliverance from potential demonic influence that may be causing physical illness? I believe that God is in uh, the business of deliverance, but not of potential things. Uh, He delivers people from demonic uh, possession and demonic oppression. And so when you say the modern deliverance movement, I don't really believe the modern hyper-Pentecostal deliverance movement reflects the life and times and ministry of Jesus Christ or his disciples. But I do believe God delivers, and I do believe that uh, the, the demonic realm is real, and I do believe that God has uh, given us <clears throat> insight into the spiritual realm to pray for one another, but the modern hyper-Pentecostal deliverance movement I do not support. Uh, Thoughts of Left Behind series. It's a great fictional account of the pre-tribulational rapture view. Uh, just remember it's fiction uh, mixed with uh, biblical insights, but it's a great read. It's a fun read, and I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, that's this text question. And here's the music. God bless you guys. Thanks for allowing us to be a small part of your life. Pray for Grace FM. Support Grace FM. Tell somebody about Grace FM. That's what 2020 is for us this year. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.